Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In today's case, I am calling everyone to action. I would like everyone to listen closely to the story of the Vandy Jane Doe. My name is Sophia Talley, and welcome to Season 5 of True Crime In It. took a long hiatus before I decided to make this season and partly was because of the timing of the year. Normally, I would have started filming in October or I would have started posting in October, but I just couldn't in my good conscience do a true crime podcast during October Halloween season. I know that it is generally okay in this genre to associate true crime with horror and ghost stories and things like that. But for True Crime in It, my main goal is to create a source of reliable information. And I try to only cover cases in which the family want the case to be talked about and they want the case to be covered. I also try to cover cases that need the coverage. And I also try to stray away from cases that that have already been solved and there's not much needed to be done. So I, I still will do solved cases, but in a lot of the solved cases that I do, you may notice that there are loose ends that need to be uh, worked on, such as unidentified victims or maybe victims that need to be connected to a certain serial killer. That's one of the reasons why I just, I just couldn't have it in me to post in late September or during the whole month of October, I really wanted the whole spooky season to be behind us. So that way we can really focus on what really matters. And that is trying to find the solutions to these cases by bringing attention to these cases. And I bring that up in this episode in particular, because this case needs your help. It needs you. And you don't have to be from the area. All you need is to just listen to the little nuances of this case and try to think if this person who is currently a Jane Doe may sound familiar to you, or maybe you may have an idea that can help lead the police to this person's identity. So, Let's get started. On September 8th, 2018, the body of a young female was found at the side of Sulphur Creek Road in Nashville, Tennessee. This road was in a very rural area 
And from what I gather from online, people who live in the area have stated that if you want to hide somebody or something, this is the place to do it. Unfortunately, the body was in such a bad state that the medical examiner could not identify a cause of death. However, police are certain that foul play is involved and they do not believe that it is a hit and run because remember, she was found on the side of the road. And it was clear that she was left there by most likely her killer. So let me tell you some more about the Vandy Jane Doe. Now she's also known as the Jane Nashville Doe 2018, but I prefer the Vandy Doe and here's why. So she was found roughly 11 miles from Vanderbilt University. She's also of that age group of a university student somewhere as young as 15 to as old as 25. But the reason why she is known locally as the Vandy Doe is because she was literally dressed in head-to-toe Vanderbilt University memorabilia. She wore an Under Armour quarter zip jacket with the Vanderbilt University logo with the word Vandy wrote underneath it. She also wore these black and gold Vanderbilt print leggings and so it had the Vanderbilt logo is a star and it had the V inside of the star and it was printed in a geometric design all over these leggings they look like the athletic legging material the type that you know you may want to run in she also wore a running belt with the Vanderbilt logo on it And so she was dressed in athletic attire. And so some speculate that she may have been on a run at the time of death in Tennessee. Vanderbilt University memorabilia is sold everywhere. For example, I'm in Indiana. So IU stuff is sold everywhere. It's at our local Walmart. I've seen it at gas stations. You do not have to be a student to own this stuff. But it is noteworthy that she was dressed head to toe in it. She had a necklace on and it it was missing a charm on the necklace. But investigators can tell that it was a Vanderbilt University necklace. And so she was literally in head to toe Vanderbilt gear when she was found. She also wore a green and black leopard print sports bra, a black undershirt and white socks. And surprisingly enough, despite being dressed in athletic gear, she was not wearing any shoes. I also find it noteworthy that none of the physical descriptions of her included any types of underwear besides the bra. And we'll get back to that here in a minute. She is believed to be of African-American heritage, and she may have some Latina heritage as well. The state of her body was just so she's been she was there for a while. They don't know how long she was at the side of the road, but she was there for a while to the point where we really don't know much about her. In fact, it took a while to get the facial reconstruction image that you probably seen as the thumbnail. When this was first reported for the first year or so, we had no idea what the person we were looking for even looked like. Detective Matthew Filter, who was working on this now cold case, summed up perfectly why I find the Vandy Doe so important. And he says, we do come across unidentified remains all the time. 
Usually, we are able to identify these people within two to three days. And in this particular case, we weren't. When I'm looking at Jane Doe cases, they are usually over a decade old because what our advancements in genealogy and with sharing images on social media, these cases are just able to reach the public much quicker than they ever had been in the past. So therefore, we are able to identify our Jane and John Doe's much quicker, way quicker than we ever had. That's why I focus so much on Jane Doe's and John Doe's in this podcast, because we have all the tools today to find these people. That's why it is so strange to me that this happened in 2018. And it's now 2022, four years later, and police have considered this a cold case. It is shocking that someone of this age group 15 to 25 wearing such expensive clothing college memorabilia clothing is at least 50 bucks a pot you know and that's not including the fact that she's wearing athletic college memorabilia so Under Armour was the brand of her Vanderbilt sweatshirt or jacket and that has to be close to $70. So what I'm trying to say here is that someone has to know who the Vandy Doe is. And we have to be extremely close to finding a name for her. It just we have to be close. There's just no way that this case cannot be solved within the next six months to a year. It will be and it just needs more attention. So with that in mind, let's get into some of the theories. So this case has been getting a little bit of attention on Reddit and on web sleuths. And so I've been kind of looking at some of the Reddit threads, which is not something I usually do for cases like this. But I really wanted to hear from people who claim to live in the area. And something that struck out to me on these social media posts were that people who went to the school in 2018, people who went to Vanderbilt University had never heard of this case. And at the moment, Vanderbilt University, though they are cooperating with the police, they claim to have no idea who this girl is. They currently do not have any students who are unaccounted for. And many people believe that it's highly unlikely that the Vanderbilt Doe is a student because Vanderbilt University is not a large school. So if someone were to go missing like on campus, it would be noted. But at the same time, it's hard to to phantom that someone who doesn't go to the school would be decked in head to toe gear, including a running belt, which to me, you know, like you have to be an athlete to own a running belt or someone who works out on the regular. And at that age, you know, 15 to 25, they are most likely involved in some type of high school or college sport, whether it's extracurricular or whether, you know, they are actually on the team. So some people find that the Vanderbilt clothing that she was wearing could have been a red herring. And that maybe someone dressed her in the Vanderbilt memorabilia just to throw off the police. I find this unlikely because A, killers are not as smart as what you think they are. They really aren't because if they were, they wouldn't be killing. That to me is a level of hindsight that I just cannot 
see someone having usually unless we're dealing with someone who's done this before. And in this day and age, you would see that trail. So then you have to wonder, how could a student from a small school go missing without anyone knowing? And maybe, and this is an idea that a few people have came up with, and I have to kind of agree with this, but maybe she wasn't technically a student yet. So you don't have to be a student to be involved in the university sport program. They actually have programs at a lot of these schools with big teams. They have programs for high school students. They usually run in the summertime and it gives high school students a chance to work in a college level like facility, but they also get a chance to experience, you know, what it's like to be a college athlete and they get to learn from the college athletes. It's a whole experience. I know kids that have done it and it could be possible that she was in a program like that. And the fact that she was in head to toe gear, I always just think about someone younger who that is their dream school. Or I think of someone who just got into that school, like was just accepted into that school. Because I remember when I was a a senior in in high school and people were starting to get accepted into colleges. One of the signs of getting into college was wearing like a lanyard from your school or wearing a, you know, a sweatshirt from your school. It was very common to do that because you just have that pride and it's that newness of being accepted. And so even though Vanderbilt University claims that they have yet to identify a student who was missing, maybe this person was just recently enrolled or maybe not even technically enrolled. They could have just been on the accepted list. And many people were wondering, including myself, if Vanderbilt University or if the police ever looked into the list of accepted students for the 2018 term. But yes, I think it's very unlikely that it is someone who lives on campus just because they would be missed. Even if that person doesn't have any friends, they would be missed. A college dorm isn't like an apartment where no one goes in and out. Maintenance is always going in and out. Sprays are checking on you. It is not like a private establishment, like an apartment. It's totally more of a public-like place. People will be looking for you some way or another. And another fact that popped up on these social media sites that I almost never use for this. But in this case, I needed to because we had absolutely no information. But Vanderbilt University had a home football game on September 1st, 2018. And remember, she was found on September 8th, 2018. I found this really interesting because maybe she was just attending the game. It would make sense that she'll be in head-to-toe Vanderbilt gear, including patterned leggings that are, again, very rare. It just makes sense that you would put on all of your gear to attend a football game. Even if you weren't a student, you could have just been local to the area or just a fan. You don't have to live in that area to be a Vanderbilt fan. But something that makes me question whether or not she was attending a football game is just because of the state in which her body was found. It's claimed that she was badly decomposed and a week outside doesn't seem long enough to be that badly decomposed. She could have been there all summer. She could have been there from the spring semester. We do not know. But I can speculate that September 1st may be too soon. Unless, of course, they've had horrible, horrible 
warm, wet weather. I, I just can't imagine that they would lose so much of her facial features in seven days. Not even full seven days, because isn't college games like in the middle of the day? So it'll be like six and a half days, it's just too little time. But I did find that noteworthy because she was wearing a running belt. And another time you may want to wear a running belt is when you go to a stadium. Because when you go to a stadium, like for a college football game, you can't wear big bags. I don't know if you guys know this, if you're not from America, but because of the state of our world, we have to wear either clear colored totes that are a very specific dimension or super tiny bags, like super tiny bags that security won't even notice just to get into these big college football games or just any type of event in an arena. And so a running bag would absolutely be perfect for that. And it just it just made me think like maybe she did go to a game or to a sporting event and was targeted that way. Something that I also don't want to forget about is how it seems as if no one is looking for their Vandy dough. And it makes me wonder, you know, the lack of hoopla over this young girl wearing this nice stuff, you know, so she's someone who clearly has someone looking after her, how no one is looking for her. That tied with the fact that she had no shoes on and possibly no underwear. And I'm only saying that because underwear was not listed in any of the databases. And they tend to list everything down to the underwear because the parent who buy said underwear can identify their child. Just makes me wonder if the person who's caring for her and the person who should be looking for her may be the person who did this to her. And I also wonder why she wasn't wearing any shoes or underwear. And, you know, if she was wearing underwear, if not, why? And if something else may have happened to her before she died to have led to her not being 100% fully dressed as someone should be. You know, you have to take off someone's shoes to take off their pants. That's essentially what I'm getting at here. That part really struck me, especially as she's wearing running clothes. And so she's wearing these leggings and she's wearing this jacket. She probably was wearing sneakers that's high that don't just fall off like like a pair of slippers would, not slippers, but a pair of ballet flats would or something of that nature. Athletic shoes are meant to stay on. So I found that very interesting that she was found with everything but her shoes on and possibly her underwear. So that is the case of the Vandy Jane Doe. If you think you have absolutely any information, I am going to put all that information down in the show notes so that way you can contact the detectives who are working on this case. We really feel we are so close to identifying her. We have all this information, clear photos of what she was wearing, what is probably a really accurate facial reconstruction. We have all this stuff, including an area where she was possibly from because she's wearing all of this memorabilia from Vanderbilt University. And so we're so close to finding her and that we can most definitely get a name to her. And all we need is for the right people to hear her story. My name is Sophia Talley, and this has been True Crime and
Now it's time for the knitter mission. So I filmed all this with my microphone in my face, but whatever. Just I, I was able to tilt it down a little bit. So hopefully it's not too obstructing of my face. Not that I care because I'm not wearing any makeup and I look a mess. But hi, guys. I have not been on working on the show for a very long time. And the reason being is because I was doing a ton of book stuff. My book came out, Knit Two Socks and One, in February of this year. And over the past month, I have been doing book signings and I've been teaching the sock method all across, literally across the country. In the month of November, I've been in Massachusetts, California, and oh gosh, New York, all while having a three-year-old. So I have been super duper busy in the knitting world and it has been so exciting. I got to go to Rhinebeck for the first time and it was magical. And at Rhinebeck, I sold and signed 128 copies of my book. And I have no one to thank but you guys for that. So that is insane. And also at Rhinebeck, I just hit my monitor. I have monitors down here. But also at Rhinebeck, I also sat next to a wonderful author. Well, I sat next to so many wonderful authors, but so I'm going to be like focusing on them every show or whatnot. But the one I'm going to focus on today, her name is Quana Jackson, and she writes knitting themed romance novels. So the first one is Real Men Knit. And then the second one is not again. And then the third one I got is How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days. And I believe this one's like a standalone book. And so she writes really, really fun and light knitting romance novels. And I, you may not know this about me, but I love romance novels. I love them. I love how it's all the same format. I love how you can just escape for a minute and just forget everything and be transported into a Hallmark movie. Just give me that. Just give me that. And I like that it's, I like when it's in book form over a Hallmark movie because you don't have to worry about the bad acting, the bad costume, the bad makeup, all that stuff that distracts me in a Hallmark movie. It doesn't distract me in books. And I'm going to be honest, I have not read these yet. I've been trying not to mess them up too much because I wanted to show you guys. But best believe I will be reading them tonight because I finally showed you guys on camera so now I can mess them up and possibly spill coffee or red wine on them by accident. So that's one of the authors I sat next to and stay tuned to next week. I'm going to talk about some more nitty crafty authors that I was able to work with this month. Some other things I have been doing is just tons of designing things that have not been released yet because I haven't been home to release them. You may also notice that I look a little bit different. I have some fresh ink. So oops. I just cracked. I hope you guys didn't hear. I'm double jointed and I crack my, my arms crack. But I am also working on a new sleeve, a tattoo sleeve, which you can't see it if you're listening. But my tattoos are of a snake on a dagger. And then I have a sparrow all in American traditional style. So, but you may notice I do have some more ink 
way more than the last time I've been on camera. Sorry, mom. And last thing that's new, and hopefully it's not backwards, I have a new setup. So if you see my monitor is clearer, or rather my video is clearer, and if I sound clearer, it's because I've invested in a nicer device to film my videos on, but it may be backwards. But I have new shirts and it's a true crime in knit shirt is available at believe.com. I'm going to put the link to that. It is such a comfy, soft shirt. I highly recommend ordering like three sizes up. I believe this is like a XL and it is just so cozy to just throw on with a pair of leggings and like a pair of combat boots and just feel completely badass. And it's a great way to support me, support the show and to show everyone that you are all about true crime and net. And again, I'm going to put where you could purchase that in the show notes. And it's just so cool and so fun that I have merch out for this. Stay tuned for a free pattern that I hope to release this week before the weekend to coincide with this season of True Crime and Knit. It was supposed to be out when this episode was out, but I ran out of time because I had to knit something else for someone very special and I just could not put that on hold. So I'm so sorry, guys, but I will have this free hat pattern coming out this week. It's completely free and it's meant to be knit while you listen to my podcast. And it's a really fun, curly hair friendly pattern that is the most unique way to knit a hat. Okay, like your minds are going to be blown. I promise that. Also, my nails. Ugh, I've been doing my own nails and I've been getting way better at it. But anyway, that's all I have. If you have any information about the Vandy Doe, please check out the links below. Call the number. We are so close to finding her. And I hope to see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.